Hey guys, I'm Michelle Sonor and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with my salon manager, Katie, and dive into the dirty deets of my past, how I changed the direction of my life, and my goal with starting this podcast. Into the mindset of like, you're not going to do everything right, but you have the power to shift or change anything. So that's the cool part about it. It's like, okay, that happened, great. Let's, that didn't work, cool. Let's shift, let's change, let's adapt. In this episode, you will gain an inside look on how to roll with the punches of life, step out of fear, and rise above life's challenges all while keeping it real. Okay, so I'm Katie. I'm your salon manager, kind of business helper, kind of little everything here and there for you. And yeah, I'm just so excited to be here to kick off the podcast with you. Um, I'm an avid podcast listener, so I'm just so happy you've decided to do one because I feel like you can learn so much and we can all learn so much from sharing and discovering each other's journeys. And I know that you have such a unique one and that I've seen help so many people, including myself. So I'm just so excited you've decided to spread it out into the world. Yes, I'm so excited to relaunch and rebrand the podcast. I had one a while back, but um, that was a little bit more focused on stylists. And I'm so excited to focus this on everybody. Um, That's been some of the feedback I've gotten over the last year is not just stylists, but everybody really wants a little piece of what um, I'm teaching my stylists and my team. So I'm so excited to dive deeper into this and get into it. And just like you said, really just expand and teach more. Um, Giving back is something super big to me. So I'm excited to do that through this podcast. Awesome. Okay, so let's get into it. So like you said, (laughs) you have so much going on. You're behind the salon chair, you're teaching, you're coaching, you have, you know, a life outside of that. (laughs) Um, But what made you decide to do a podcast? Like why add something else onto your plate? Yeah. So that's a big question that I get all the time. (laughs) It's like, what's next? Or why are you adding something onto your plate? Um, I think I always take a little bit of time, especially in the fall to kind of reconnect with what's important to me and think about where I want to go within my business. So like you said, I am a stylist behind the chair. I am an educator as well for stylists. Um, and I do have a program that I created. It's a business lifestyle mindset program for stylists. And I think the main driver between like why I wanted to have this conversation with other people is because I've seen what it can do for the stylist community and I've seen it impact their lives. So my main goal with this is to really branch out into the world and other industries and share with them what I've been able to teach these stylists and help them change their lives. That's so awesome. I feel like this is such a great platform too and be so helpful for so many people. Okay, obviously we work together and I, we know a little bit more about each other, but can you tell the listeners kind of how you came to be at where you're today? Um, I feel like they can see a certain side of you or we all kind of do it. You know, we see each other on Instagram. You can kind of make an assumption, but then meeting people, meeting you, people are kind of just blown away by your realness. So can you kind of like share your past with us a little bit? Yeah. Wow. Whoo. That is a loaded question. Okay. So I think to go off of your word of assumptions, um, let's start there. And then I think we can dive into probably a million pieces of my past, but as far as assumptions go, I've heard from a lot of people, they 
have this assumption about me that <laughs> they're like, man, it must be easy or, you know, man, life was handed to her or, you know, oh, must be nice to have that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've heard people that don't genuinely know me or know my history. Um, so I think it's important to have that conversation because it was not handed to me and mm -hmm. I'm certainly not even where I want to be, right? There's so many places we can go in life. Mm -hmm. um, and so a little bit about my history and, and why I'm so passionate about these avenues of the podcast is, so growing up, I grew up in an extremely humble household. Um, it wasn't something, I didn't grow up with really great leadership. I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up with... Um, really any of the things I have today, um, even just lifestyle wise, right? Like, you know, I was on government lunches. I wasn't buying the premium filet <laughs> from the store. Um, and so I think a lot of people have this assumption like, wow, you just must have, you know, had it handed to you. And, and it's the complete opposite of that. But I think that's almost my superpower. I feel like that's where like I get a lot of my grittiness from is that like survival mindset that you kind of have to have, I think, in order to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. And growing up and going through a lot of struggles, like I grew up in a very chaotic household. There was alcoholism. There was, um, you know, almost losing our house. There was light shut off. Like I said, there was government lunches. There there was all of that. And, and seeing that dynamic, there were fights. There was um, inconsistencies. There was, there was really a lot of uncertainty, yeah. um, growing up. And I think that seeing that I realized at a very young age, I didn't want that to be my lifestyle. Now that's not to say I wasn't loved. I had a lot of love in my life and I had a lot of great things. Like I certainly did not have like the worst, you know, <laughs> upbringing. However, um, I think if, especially over the last year, going through year and a half, going through therapy, really looking back at that history and realizing that um, there's a lot to learn from it. And I've done a lot of that naturally, but actively I want to be able to help other people do the same. Um, so <laughs> with that being said, a little bit of my history, um, but there's so many pivotal moments like in my childhood, like realizing I needed to get my first job at 14 and, and, and why I felt like I, the need to do that. And some of that was control. Um, when you grow up and you feel like you have no control over the environment that you're in, you're like, okay, what can I control? And I wanted the cool clothes. I wanted <laughs> to go out to noodles and company with my friends. I wanted to go to the movies. I wanted to get my hair done. I wanted to be liked, right? Mm -hmm. I think like we all do. And so I kind of, from that very moment of being 14 years old, I was like, I'm going to take life into my own hands. And I think that's what I've really, um, led with for the remainder, I'm 30 years old now. So I think since that moment, it was my first glimpse into like, I can change something. I can have control over some avenues. Now control isn't always a good thing, right? We, we everything has the good and the bad, but um, that moment of getting that job and having that independence and being able to go buy my clothes or being able to go out with my friends. And I think for me, a big thing was burden. I never wanted to be that additional burden, quote unquote, within my family, right? right. I wanted to be easy. That's a big topic we're going to talk about um, yeah. when we get into relationships and when we get into 
that avenue of things but that wanting to be the easy you know sister wanting to be the easy child wanting to take the burden off of everybody and like i said that can always go to the extreme right um so we'll dive deep into that conversation at some point on the podcast here but um i love that part of my journey i love that part of my story and i think it just allowed me just like the podcast says right to step into the driver's seat of your life and I've kind of led with that up until now. So yeah, it's so it's a formative experience for you, and I think it is important to share that because I think so many people have you know similar backgrounds, and then you know we can, like I said, we can learn from each other's stories and how you've risen from that and the strength you've gained from it too. And that's what I hope to talk about. What as on this podcast when we have guests and things like that it is other people's stories it's other people's journeys and i think that's a big thing that i took away from social media and the connections that i've built through social media Mm -hmm. it is so brilliant how you're able to meet these people that you never would have met and they share their stories with me or they send me a message or they've watched my youtube video or like the reach that we're able to have with that if And I think using it for good, like it has inspired so many people and I've gotten so many messages that, you know, they're like, oh my God, I can relate to that, Michelle. So I figure if I can add this to another platform, like why wouldn't I, you know? For sure. For sure. Okay. So when did you decide to get into hair? Like how did you start into hair? Yeah. So if you guys are new to me, um, that is like my number one starting passion. So I'm going to bring you guys back. So like I said, I got a job at 14. I worked at Stein Gardens and Gifts. It's like a plant store. Um, I loved it. I love talking to people. I loved helping them build. I know nothing about plants anymore. Like I forgot everything I learned, but <laughs> at the time I was like, I know everything. Like you are going to have the best yard and here's this fertilizer, right? <laughs> So I love that. So I started there. And then when I was in high school, so I was really struggling. I got to a point where friendships, I had, you know, had to distance friendships because of the things that they were getting involved in, drugs, drinking, things like that. It just didn't feel right to me, especially with um, growing up with alcoholism. That was like a big trigger for me. It was something I just was like, I don't want to be around this. I don't want this to be a part of my life. Um, so I went through a big transition of just like really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I think that's so scary for so many 17, 18 year olds. It's like, well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And I was really struggling with that. I was like your typical do good in school, get good grades, you know, leader, you know, captain of the team. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just like really didn't want to disappoint and I think in my mind for a little bit there I felt like if I didn't go to a four-year college I was like a disappointment or Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing what society expected of me and I think that that was kind of the the first time I like pushed the norm a little bit and I was like let's see how this goes. Um, there were some logical thoughts behind it too, though. Logically, as you can tell from my history growing up, like there is a fear around money. Money is, was like a scary word. Money was a scary topic. Um, when you grow up in scarcity, it builds fear on that. And that's one of the things I'm so excited to talk about on the podcast as well as just like financial freedom and money and like how that conversation doesn't have to be bad. Um, 
But going back into that, I was really thinking very logically. I was like, okay, Michelle, you're going to have to pay for college, right? Like money doesn't grow on trees, as my dad would always say, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I wish it did because your girl likes to shop. <laughs> um, but I, you know, he always said like money didn't grow on trees. And so I was like, okay. So logically, the logical thinking side of me was like, all right, how can I maybe work my way through college and have some sort of career? I was always super into doing people's hair. I used to go over to my best friend's house, six o'clock in the morning, braid her hair, curl her hair. Her mom still thinks I'm insane for that, but we all know why now. Um, So I always had a love for it, but I genuinely did not see it as a career. Um, I thought it was like a second option, I guess. Um, But... So my best friend in high school was considering going to cosmetology school. She grew up in a very different environment, right? Like they had the money for college, things like that. But she was like, you know, I I just, I think I want to go to cosmetology school. We had a ton of fun playing with hair. And so her mom and her took me to tour um, a cosmetology school. So we went to Chicago and I was like, oh my God, we're going to live in Chicago. And then I was like, no, I'm not. Like I can't afford that. So... (laughs) So I thought, okay, but it opened my eyes to like, this is really cool, but I wasn't hundred percent sold on that. So then I toured a school in Milwaukee and the woman who was in administration and, um, she was really inspiring. She showed me a ton of different avenues you could go down within the business, uh, the beauty industry, excuse me. And I was like, man, that's really freaking cool. Um, and so I got really lit up by her and I think that's why like, I love lighting other people up. Um, but she really, it's contagious. Like the passion is contagious. It is. And I was like, wow, like she's, she's pumped. She's happy. She's loving life. Like one of the things I knew I did not want was I didn't want to have a job every day that I hated. Mm -hmm. I was so in that moment, I actually told myself, you know what? I'd rather be passionate than make money, which is so funny because that's such a small mindset because you can do both. Um, (laughs) but like, you know, 17, 18 years old, you're like, you know what? I'll sacrifice the money. I've grown up humbly. Right. And so whatever I was like, okay, I fell in love with this cosmetology school. My goal originally was to go to cos school, then pay my way through college. But just shortly into the program, I became absolutely obsessed. One of the things I love so, so much about the industry is that it is ever changing. I'm a person that needs change. I need variety. I need movement in my life. And I love that about it. And I also loved, even from my job at 14, like I loved connecting with people. And I realized I got to do that too. So it ended up just, I fell in love with it and I never saw myself being a salon owner or having a podcast or an education company or anything like that. At that age, I just saw myself doing hair and that was where I was at. But that's how I got into the industry and I fell in love with it and I've never looked back. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Th- well then how did you get to the point where you are going to open your own business? Like you said, you open up your own salon. I mean, that is quite the leap. So yeah. How did you get to that point? Well, I got to that point because I felt stuck. So that's just a place I don't like to be in. It's like (laughs) an escape goat. That's which is probably why I'm starting this podcast too. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But I I felt very stuck. Like for me, I was really happy with the direction that I went right after cosmetology school. Um, I went to a very successful, very well-ran salon and they had um, like a really more corporate vibe to them and I'm a good like kind of employee rule follower like you know by nature I'm I'm good at that but I just got to the point where I was like 
I, I felt like I really couldn't do anymore. And I felt just kind of stuck in lacking creativity. And I was like, something has to change. Mm. Um, so it was a quick <laughs> turnover. I don't know what I was thinking. I was so scared. Um, but yeah, I mean, other events, you know, happen that kind of push you and lead you to going somewhere. I'm a faith believer. Um, and so I just felt like life happens for you, right? So yeah. situations happen for you. And I just was like, okay, let's go. So, you know, in a couple weeks, I um, ended up um, leaving that salon and I ended up going into a suite. So that's where I started. I was independent. I was like, Michelle, you need to learn to manage yourself before I feel like you can really manage and lead other people. Mm -hmm. I love leadership. I've always been in leadership roles, but that is scary to be like, everybody's finances are going to be like, they're going to rely on you to get that paycheck at the end of, you know, the two weeks. So that was, that was a little bit intimidating, but it's so funny to think back the things that scared me then. And it's like, what? Like, why did that even, why was that even a fear? Like I was freaking out about like my stereo setup. I got like a $20 Amazon. Like, I'm like, oh my God, what if the music goes out? Like, you know, but it is, it's really scary. And so that's not to like downplay anybody that's starting something right now or, or beginning something new. It is going to be a little bit scary, but through those scary moments is, is where the growth happens. So I got to the point where I did that. I started my suite. I was feeling good. Um, but I was like tapped out. Like I was like, I was exhausted. And this is where like, I'm super passionate about lifestyle and scheduling because I was burnt the heck out emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. I wasn't operating my life in a sustainable way. It was the grind. It was the hustle. It was like that. And that is not what your life has to be to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, if you really manage your time and schedule appropriately in a better way, like there's so much more that can happen. Um, if you allow creative freedom, if you allow yourself to have the, the downtime, um, and so at that point I was like, something again has to change, right? Like I wasn't feeling like I had hit the point, um, of feeling like a business owner. I wasn't a business owner, right? I was a independent stylist, right? At that point, you're just managing yourself. Um, but I really was like, dang, like I grew really quickly and I have something to give. And I know that I can do this for other stylists too. Um, so that's when I decided to open the salon. I was like, well, if I can do this this quickly and build this fast and, and become this successful and have that drastic of a turn in, in less than a year, why can't I replicate that for other people? So that's kind of where I started to dabble into that. Um, and I became obsessed with business. Just how I was obsessed with hair, I became obsessed with trying new things and having new challenges. I kind of, I thrive off of like the thrill almost of like the fear now where like the fear used to be so terrifying where now I'm almost like, that's a good thing. Like if I'm scared, that means something good is happening. Yeah. Um, so then I opened my salon in January of 2020. <laughs> and we all know what happens then. It's, yes, the big COVID. So, I mean, obviously that has its challenges too. I mean, I guess, how did you get the mindset shift then to get through this stuff? Like, how do you get through the hard times? Is it just like becoming solution oriented? You said like now it's become your fuel, but for somebody who's still kind of in the fear, like, you know, how did you switch that around? I guess, is it a leap of faith? 
I think a little bit, but I'm also really excited to, it's funny because sometimes I don't even realize how I get to like a certain point until I sit down and put it inside of a book to teach somebody. And then I'm like, okay, I go through these like five action steps every time to get to this end result. Um, so I'm really excited to dive. I think that could be an episode yeah. in the future is like diving deep into what are the actual steps behind that. Like you said, I think definitely <laughs> leap of faith. And I think I mean, even just going back to the quote, like life happens for you, right? So it's like, okay, what can I pull out of this? I always, always, always try to have a situation, whether it's good, bad, um, anything. And I'm like, what can I pull from this? And so I think if you always take yourself, just as a simple thing to say, just take yourself back into this is a negative situation, but what am I learning from it? And you can always pull some good out of the bad no matter what. And I think one of the things with like running a business and having, you know, COVID and all that stuff is like you have to give yourself a little bit of grace. Then I think you also have to just get into the mindset of like you're not going to do everything right, but you have the power to shift or change anything. So that's the cool part about it. It's like, okay, that happened, great. Let's that didn't work, cool. Let's shift, let's change, let's adapt. Um, so those are some like the two like key things. Um, but I'm excited in a future episode to dive into the steps behind how I process that inside of my mind to get to the end result. <laughs> yeah, yeah, logic too. Yeah, you gotta remove sometimes um, logic versus emotion. I think is a big thing. Um, shoot, I had to do this yesterday. Um, <laughs> I had to do this every day of my life, right? You're like, okay. You're like, uh, I, I say in my six-figure sales program, I say to leave a moment between the action and the reaction. And I think that's been a really pivotal thing, like grounding words. I say to myself these, these constant phrases and these grounding phrases that take me back and do, okay, leave a moment between my action and my reaction so that I can come at it. Emotions are good, but... If you think about it in the sense of like, okay, you've ever been in like a fight with somebody, right? Like you don't probably say what you actually want to say if you're fueled and heated, right? So if we leave a moment between the action and the reaction, we can think a little bit more logically about it. And it allows us that margin to think of things from all different sides and all different perspectives. I think you need to pull yourself out of yourself sometimes and out of your own feelings about the situation and see how someone else could perceive it or someone else's perspective and that helps you think of a lot more options and a lot more solutions so i think there's a lot of key things um, that you can do but leave a moment between the action and the reaction is is really crucial too i love that that one's helped me for sure too (laughs) okay so now this is another thing i think to the outside world like you you've created this team you have this group you've started doing education you've kind of reached out to communities I guess have you always had a knack for bringing people together was there like a lack that you were sensing in the industry about that community that you like wanted to build upon like how did you start reaching out in that regard I think naturally I love the feeling of being around like-minded people I love the feeling of community. Um, I really realized that I missed that when I went and started being an independent stylist. I was by myself. I didn't have um, the leadership. I ended up bringing on my uh, first employee, what was it, December um, of that year, so December 2018. So I started it in March, and December I brought on my first teammate, and I really felt like I just missed that. Um, And then with starting the salon and starting the... um, 
six figure styles community and things like that, I really realized I wanted to bring more people together. And I really realized that I was, I gave myself permission, right? I gave myself permission to be successful. I gave myself permission to be a leader. I gave myself permission to um, bring these people and I was willing to take on the responsibility to do so. I think that it's just so powerful when you do have the right team around you. I mean, I wouldn't be able to produce this podcast right now if it weren't for having the right team members. I wouldn't be able to, you know, even my salon team, they're so supportive about this. I feel so grateful that I have, you know, I'm going in the salon and they're saying, oh my God, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Like having those people around you is literally so life changing. It's really hard to find, but I think where that really starts is you have to have clear boundaries for what you want in your life. And that's really important. And also too, you have to be a reflection of that when you're in your space, like your team will do and act how you act. So you have to take the responsibility to be like, Okay, if Michelle, just as an example, let's say we have, you know, from our relationship, right, Katie, you're my salon manager. So it's like if I am like high anxiety about, you know, a situation happening, you're going to respond that way. So I have to always take it back to myself and realize like I am a reflection um, for my team. And it's been so great just building. It's come with tons of challenges, just like anything, right? You're building anything. It always comes with challenges. But going back to what I said before, what can I take from that challenge? What can I take from that experience? Where can I assume responsibility for this? Um, and it's been so cool. It's been so cool. It's been so challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just excited for the future. And I know that more challenges are going to come. And I think that also helps set you up for success because you're like, listen, like stuff's going to go down and you're going to have to have the skills to figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> Literally. I mean, yeah. Did you ever imagine you'd be traveling for classes and bringing all these people from all over the country to six figure and stuff? I mean, that to me is just like amazing. I, I didn't really. Um, (laughs) I mean, if I'm being honest, when I first started six figure stylist, um, for those of you listening who don't know what that is, like I said, it's a business program, mindset program, uh, specifically niched towards hairstylists. And it started as an online class during COVID. Again, another way to make money during the shutdown. I, but what I really saw was this like need for community. I saw this need for leadership out of these stylists. And so it was 10 girls online, seven day boot camp, super intense. And I knew it was going to be cool. Like I was like, okay, like I, like people really need this. This is going to offer a lot of value. And then I'm doing it and, and we're crying and we're laughing and we're like, I'm creating these connections that are, you know, tighter than some of the people standing right next to me. And I was like, whoa, there's something to this. But even with that program, I mean, there was a time like I saw the big change in what happened in people's lives, but there was a time where that online, it didn't feel right to me anymore. So this is a perfect example of a pivot inside of your business. You really have to be in tune to how you're feeling about it, because if you're not like if you have passion behind it, it is going to be so much better. And I got to this point with Six Figure Stylist when it was online. I was like, get me off of Zoom. I am gonna die if I sit on Zoom for one more hour. And I think I also noticed that within the industry too. I was like, they don't wanna be online anymore. They are sick of it. We are humans that love to be around people, that like to talk to people, that like to have personal connection. And so I considered not doing Six Figure Stylist anymore. 
And if I had made that decision, I'm so glad you didn't decide that. I'm so glad we didn't decide that either because not only has it changed so many people's lives, but it's also created jobs and opportunities and passions for people, um, including myself. And now what I realized with inside of that business, what I had to then think back to like, why is this not ticking for me? Why do I not love this? And the reason was, is just it lacked the things that I love so much, which are personal connection, the experience. Those are the things I love about being behind the chair too. These are the things I love about being on the podcast, about Instagram. And it was missing that. And so thankfully the world cleared up a little bit and I was like, well, you know what? Let's try this as a live event. And I freaking love it. Like I am so happy with the direction that it went in, but it did require a pivot, um, mentally and it also required a large pivot i needed to add a team on Mm -hmm. um so when breaking down a shift and a change like that it really comes down to okay what is the overall big end goal here now what are all the little steps that i have to take to get there and i'm so so grateful and so happy that that's the path we led down same same okay so i want to pivot a little bit away from business right now and i just want to talk about um like your lifestyle because you have always maintained such an active lifestyle and i know if you're not at work first you're probably at the gym first of all uh second of all you're probably at trader joe's love trader joe's shout out if you'd like to sponsor this podcast we are ready for you and available (laughs) shout out trader joe's um but yeah so first place the gym um what does the gym give to you like you kind of touched on it before but like how do you keep such a regimented schedule from that yeah so i want to go back to um what i was saying before about the assumptions this is another big assumption that i get um people think oh my god you know you look so great or you know well it's easy for you to have this schedule with the gym or i don't know whatever the assumptions are um but just taking it back to it's always back to like that first moment when something felt different for me when something changed my life and going back to that like as a child i was overweight i was extremely unhealthy my confidence was super low i was shy all the things that i'm not now completely opposite so this is just hope for people out there that no matter what it is like you can you can change it Mm -hmm. and so for me i wanted to win the (laughs) state championship i am a i'm i'm a competitive girl i'm not gonna lie it's just something inside of me it is what it is so like you know the driver was i wanted to win okay but i wanted to not win it was a group sport i wanted to win for my team too and i was the. hold on you wanted to win cheerleading right yeah i wanted to win i mean i want to win at life but i also no i wanted to win the state cheer competition okay Okay. Mm -hmm. so there was an all-girl stunt group and i was the cheer captain i was the leader of it all like you got to change something sister because you got to get those like you got to get those numbers up so i started training in the gym i didn't know what i was doing i was like it was so far off from understanding how to work out which i think is one of the biggest things that holds people back it's terrifying they don't know what they're doing they don't know how to do it they don't know um they feel like it's intimidating it is it's Mm -hmm. so intimidating they feel like everybody's staring at them it's very uncomfortable to do something you don't know how to do and i think that's what holds people back from so many things in life it's because they're like well i don't know how to do it that's terrifying that's scary whatever Mm -hmm. but it's like okay cool put the time and effort and work in or find people who know what they're doing absolutely and then from there you can grow and progress in a way that maybe you feel more comfortable with but to go back to that 
um, I started to feel so good. I started to notice what it did for me, not only physically, yes, I was losing weight, I was getting, you know, compliments and things like that, but it was how I felt after it. It was another escape from the chaos. It was another, it was a moment where I could get inside my own head and I could really just be present with me. And I've really carried that throughout my workout journey. Um, there were times where, yes, it was, you know, maybe strictly about physique and maybe got to a point where, you know, wasn't as healthy as I would have wanted it to be. And, but then I really focused on what it did for me mentally. And I realized this during, uh, the transition of going from being a stylist to an independent stylist and then opening the salon, I wasn't prioritizing that moment in my life as much as I needed to mm-hmm. mentally for me. And I, I, I started to slip, you know, I wasn't, you know, hundred percent perfect at it. And, and that happens. And, but again, I was, I, I realized that. And I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. My mind isn't clear. And so I really made it a priority. I said, I don't care if it's even 30 minutes or an hour. I have to schedule this into my day as a non-negotiable because for me, mentally, I need that. I'm going to be a better partner, a better boss, a better friend if I can take that time for myself inside of my schedule. And so I just Mm -hmm. noticed the impact that it made. But what you really have to do whenever you're trying to make a shift, whether it's you're wanting to add in workouts or you're wanting to elevate your business or you're wanting to better your relationships outside of your business what you have to do is make sure to put that on your schedule as a priority very first thing Um, so it goes down to just really realizing and understanding what you need and then how to put that into your schedule Um, and that yeah it just completely it's something I cannot live without and it's it's changed and it's goes in seasons with how busy I am versus not. But ultimately at the end of the day, like I know what it's doing for me mentally and I know what it's doing for me physically and it's irreplaceable. Yeah. I can't wait to get more into that on the podcast too. Cause yeah. I think so many people get to burnout mode and then they can't like, they can't find a way out of it, but like, that's how you do it. You just make it a non-negotiable and get it into your schedule. Okay. You have worked with so many people, you know, mainly in the service industry, um, you know, client facing, how have you navigated your personal and professional relationships? Like, you know, a lot of people in the servants industry, they're dealing with like being a people pleaser. They're dealing with, you know, like being a yes person. Like, how did you kind of navigate that? So with having personal and professional boundaries, that is how you set yourself up for success. It's something that was learned over time. It's not something that I've been really great at my whole life. I am by nature a people pleaser. I am by nature wanting to be easy for everybody. I'm wanting everybody to be happy. And I think that's honestly, when you're in the service industry, it's kind of something you're conditioned in the beginning. I was going to say too, like, I think women are more that way too. So it's like, women and service industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think it's great when you're like serving people and doing things well and making people happy. Like I love that about my job, Yeah, but it, it can go too far. And I think that's where a lot of people in the service industry, so many hairstylists, um, they are wanting to make their client happy. And so it transforms into everything else in your life. And at the end of the day, you need to be happy first. Everybody else after that (laughs) 
can come. But you need to be happy first. But I think what you have to first do is identify what you need and what you want. Mm -hmm. And then if you can identify what you need and what you want, both personally and professionally, then you can come up with the boundaries that you need to set. But a lot of times we think of ourselves last and it might sound selfish and, you know, to think of yourself first, but truthfully, you have to prioritize that in order to have effective and better relationships. Definitely. Well, I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing and starting this off. Um, you know, what are your hopes for the future of the podcast? I know you can't see into the future, but like, what are your goals with this? Where do you want it to end up? Where I really want this podcast to go is I really, just like we said, I really wanted to open conversations. I really wanted to spark inspiration. And I really want to be able to reach and gain connections with people that I haven't yet. I want to meet new people. I want to have conversations with new people. I want new things to be learned um, by me and for me. I really want this to inspire so many people. And help them live their lives limitlessly for lack of a better um cheesy quote yes, yes. okay well i think that's the end of episode one so oh, thank you so God. much i love you thank you so much katie for um interviewing me i really wanted this conversation to just come off authentically authenticity is so important to me um with the podcast and with everything that i do and so doing this interview was just fun i'm excited totally. i'm so excited to have more conversations um in the future and to bring other people on and hope you guys love this little wisconsin accent i got going <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening and welcome to the limitless podcast at the end of every episode, we do Ask Me Anything, where I let my listeners literally ask me anything, and nothing is off limits. So today's question is from Sydney in Connecticut. She asked, what is a job that you never had that you secretly want? I felt like this was fun because it's something probably you're not expecting from me. However, I have always wanted to be a barista. I think like slaying drinks, the fast paced atmosphere. I love when I'm at the salon, I love drizzling the whipped cream on top of the coffees. It's the little things like sprinkling the cinnamon and drizzling that. I have so much fun. So catch me when I'm retired, owning a coffee shop and being a barista. So you guys, that is the answer to today's AMA. As always, if this podcast helped or inspired you, I'd be so grateful if you would rate and review this episode, send to a friend, or share it to your social media. XOXO, Michelle Sonora. <laughs> there you go.